Splash 322 for throwing fire. We're keeping it there's no doubt that the game has changed and we are changing with it welcome to season two because in this season it is all about how we become and stay operational how we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job i'm your host jeff fanman Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Brute Force Training. Head over and check out the guys at BruteForceTraining.com, the sandbags, the gear, the equipment, the things that they offer, and of course, make sure you download the Brute Force app because it has got some unbelievable programming in there absolutely for free. And listen, when you pick up your next sandbag or your next shirt or your next pack, or whatever it is you're going to buy from these guys, use my discount code. That's op mindset, OP mindset, and they'll take a little bit off the top for you. Get in, get in action, get your sandbag, get your butt in the game, start working out, let that thing beat the crap out of you. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. That's brutefortraining.com, brutefortraining.com. Now, on to today's episode. All right, this is Jeff Bandman. Welcome to your Friday episode of Mindset Radio. This is the wrap-up session of the week where we are talking about recovery. Uh, if you didn't catch the episode on Monday where I really took the time to break down what I believe is the gateway to success, the gateway to performance, it's really understanding how to be recoverable in action. Uh, and that shows up in two ways. That is recovery points where you know, you've got to be in tune enough with the environment to either see it and take it when the environment gives it to you or the situation gives it to you. Or the second part is really creating the recovery periods, which are designated time that you plan for. And then Wednesday's episode, great conversation with Andy Clark at a 911 lifestyle, uh, phenomenal background in the physiology of the stress state response, how to deal with it, what to do with it how to manage it. She gave us some great tools and techniques around uh, rest and digest, rest and restore, triggering the vagal nerve. So if you didn't catch Wednesday's episode, I'm telling you, you better go back and listen right now. So today with me through this wrap-up episode, I have uh, two awesome, amazing people who definitely have a history and a, a phenomenal background. So back with us on this Friday episode, uh, retired command sergeant major Christopher Greca, uh, my former platoon sergeant, if you didn't catch our episode in season one, stop right now, go back, listen to it. Uh, it was a great conversation. And, uh, and then along with me is Drew Williams. So a, uh, captain SWAT commander here in the Denver Metro area, uh, has definitely <laughs> run a few things once or twice. Uh, and so today really guys, what I want to do is bring the theory home into practice, right? Bring the idea of how am I recoverable in action kind of home into uh, my everyday practice, my everyday life, uh, how do I transition and all those things. So guys, thanks so much for joining me and being with me today. Jeff, thank you. Proud to be yeah. here. Chris also joined you as well. Yeah, well, thanks for all the forward to the, uh, the conversation. And uh, Jeff, thanks for blooping out all those names for me on that initial episode. Great, greatly appreciated. I, I was not trying to offend individuals, and uh, Jeff was so kind to go back and, and just uh, to ensure that 
people didn't get their uh, feelings overly hurt or else I would have been banned from an installation with a wanted poster uh, up at the installation gates. Yeah, I was actually going to create a wanted poster for you the other day that said, you know, <laughs> Commander Major yeah. Chris Crapo, you know, yeah. dead or alive. <laughs> so you're saying there's editing function in here, which is good? Yeah, it's great. definitely editing function. Yeah, we, we definitely... We definitely have the editing function available to us and, mm -hmm. and absolutely. But, you know, Chris, the one thing I did enjoy about that episode is uh, we really did, you know, we got down to the, the point of some things and, you know, people get their feelings hurt, feelings hurt these days. It's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a, a sign you need to take a look at something. Uh, you know, for me, I know there's been plenty of shit talked about me. And I can either get pissed about it or I can actually take a moment and listen to it. Jeff, yeah, listen, man. For, hey, first of all, you're getting an echo back there. So one of you two gentlemen need to mute yourself. But, uh, yeah, Drew's working hey, on it. Hey, listen, that's exactly the way that I, I look at it. You can't get better unless you recognize that you have a problem um, or an issue exists. Uh, I, I think I used the vignette uh, last time, not to get off topic about a few of my uh, subordinates in, in First Ranger Battalion saying I was a grumpy dude. And I'll tell you, when they said it, man, uh, dude, I had to evaluate myself. Uh, so I semi got my feelings hurt when one guy said it. Um, but then I solicited feedback from the other gentlemen that were in the room saying, hey, is this a accurate depiction? It wasn't the majority. It was the minority. But but still, you got to cater to everybody, right? So, um, yeah, and there's, there's see, truth in everything. Absolutely, absolutely. There's some truth, yeah. And you've got yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyhow, hey, I appreciate uh, you inviting me back on, and I look forward to uh, today's discussion on something that you know you're talking about the criticality of of recovery. And listen, I could not uh, could not agree more with you. Yeah, I think, you know, Drew, I want you to chime in here. Uh, you know, to me, when I when I did all my study, when I really started to dissect behaviors and especially in high stress environments and looked at the factors that made people highly successful and capable of dealing with things moment by moment by moment with kind of the mental acuity, the clarity, the comfort, the confidence, all those kind of key underpinning factors we talk about all the time. When I looked at that, there was kind of a, a repeatable, identifiable process that all these people were able to and willing to take a moment of pause in, you know, what for a lot of people or a lot of us would, you know, we just kind of charge through. Uh, and so, you know, understanding how to use that pause and it's milliseconds of time pre-action i think is what sets us up for success drew what do you think from your from your world in the uh, law enforcement community yeah i think you hit it on the point both you're touching on kind of being self-aware and just uh understanding the environment that you're in uh, i wish i could say after uh, almost 20 years of doing this business that i had that foresight on the front end i think you sometimes naturally stumble your way through processes not knowing exactly like you said what i'm doing and where I think exposing yourself is the big piece of that. What I have found is, um, you know, kind of crystal to is just get out there, make sure that we have the ability to be humble and really look at yourself as either a leader or an operator 
and see where you truly stand within yourself and then being successful or um, susceptible to feedback. For me, I think it was one of those things as a young operator, you don't know what you're going to experience until it happens. And so that more uh, tactical experience you get or exposure you get to a critical incident helps you process your way through that. And then, of course, having uh, senior leadership or guidance and or education you do upon yourself, I think is super critical. One of the best things I think anybody can do is study. And we're always a student of the arts, whether it's uh, the profession we're in or our mind or our body or families. You got to be willing to do that and put the effort in. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. I think that, you know, I think part of this process and the, kind of the entire reason this this platform exists, this, this podcast exists and everything else around it is to shrink the time in which we begin to recognize those things we learn over a career, right? So we're not sitting 20 years down the road going, fuck, I wish I had known that or, you know, shit, I wish I had learned that 20 years ago and really give back to the people who are still running a gun and moving, riding fire trucks, doing stuff and help them develop early on. Because uh, if I can master the skill of recovery in my job, I can master it at home. I can master it with my family. And there's a lot to it. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's similarities in the techniques, Jeff. And, uh, you know, as Drew was talking about those, those recoverable points uh, as an operator, you know, not rushing to failure. How do you have at the right time, place and space um, those thoughts, you know, and obviously they're happening rapidly in your head. But it is that, you know, that recovery or that tactical pause as you, you know, prior to proceeding on to the next, you know, phase of the operation. So that that's in regards to recoverable point and in regards to the recoverable periods, as you describe them, um, certainly applicable for everybody. You know, you were talking about charging through as, as we all, you know, did. Jeff, I, right. could use, I could use vignettes of general officers that went down because of exhaustion, because although you preach life-work balance, or, and I say life, uh, you know, when you're deployed, it is about the tactical environment. But listen, you still have to have the the rest, the reading, the exercise, those things. And you have to have a balance. And I know more senior military leaders that work themselves to exhaustion. Why? Because the second part of, of this, when you talk about recoverable periods, uh, they just didn't do it. Period. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this kind of goes back to the theme of everything we talk about is how do I put myself in the condition I need to be in for this moment and the next? And I would when I was teaching pre-deployment programs, I would even tell people, listen, that applies to, you know, if I'm overseas deployed for a extended period of time, that applies before I hit the call button on Skype to go home. Like, what condition do I need to be in to call my wife or my husband to talk to my kids, to talk to my family? You know, when I'm halfway around the world and, you know, the siren's going to go off any minute and it's going to be incoming, incoming, incoming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how can I put myself in the condition to be with them? So it goes to me. That's why this is the art of it, because it is persistent. It is a way you exist as a human being is recoverable, you know, moment yeah. by moment. It's not something I'm like, OK, I'm running full tilt like you talk about the, the, the and I, I 
don't know this, Chris, but I would assume, uh, and Drew, you can chime in here from being a SWAT commander and running incident command, you know, especially when we're in a leadership role, we, we self-sacrifice a lot of times. We will extend ourselves. We will push ourselves because we see it as we're taking care of our people. And, you know, it's just as important for us in a, in a leadership capacity. We need all our facets because we're the ones making, you know, big decisions. So that's my thought on yeah. that one. Thank you. Yeah, Drew, Drew, if I could real quick before you chime in, but it, there's also an aspect of setting the example. So I, I've got it. The big decisions are made by the, the let's call them senior executives. But, but simultaneously, those senior executives need to be setting uh, an example. If not, what happens is those, you know, in the immediate span of control of the senior executives, well, they don't stop working and that shit rolls downhill, meaning it starts from the top. So, so I would almost say instead of a, you know, bottom up approach, it needs to be a top down approach in terms of uh, recovery and balance, because if the senior folks aren't doing it, I, I promise you this, everybody else is watching that dude work or do that working on two, three hours of sleep a night. And that's going to become the organizational. Yeah. You know, Chris, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a, uh, we have to set the example. I don't think there's a negotiation on that point from a, a leadership role, What we're modeling and the behaviors we're doing, they're definitely going to see what we're going to bring about in people law enforcement. I mean, it's kind of funny to, to be blunt about it. I think we're behind the eight ball compared to the uh, armed forces in the sense that, you know, we're just now cutting edge on a lot of the areas on the, the pre-event. How do we get ourselves ready in, in the pre-event trauma uh, during the event and post-event? And I think to your point, yeah. I mean, it's not only the physicality and practicality and applications and tactics or, or anything you're, you're doing that you lead the way in those role modeling, but it's also how you carry yourself on and off duty and how you react um, in these critical incidents and after. Law enforcement, a big yeah. uh, dilemma that we face, as you guys are well aware of, is it doesn't stop. We're constantly on the arena. Uh, you never know when it's coming. And it's a 20-year piece at this point for me where there's ebbs and flows. There's not a on-off period other than a, a matter of a few hours in between. And most of the failures in law enforcement you see will come from that, whether it's the health and physical side of it, the mental side of it, the breakdown, the suicide rates, things of those issues of where the long, drawn-out periods of being operational uh, although it may not be spiking all the time, it still is a, is a slow chip away at your armor. Uh, and it's hypercritical. You got to have these up and down times and recover, uh, whether you're in a critical yeah. incident or yeah. whether you're at home. <clears throat> yeah, no, I absolutely agree. We, we actually had a situation, Jeff, and you, you didn't know this gentleman, but when I left, uh, you know, being your platoon sergeant, I went up to the division staff. I, I met this gentleman. Well, Fast forward a couple few years, in fact, about seven years, very senior colonel, uh, going to probably be a general officer, and he, and he commits suicide. Now, there was certainly some extenuating factors, I'm sure. I, I don't know all the specifics, so it just wasn't work alone. But, you know, if you add the, the stressors of work and the lack of recovery at work, um, way it can lead to a lot of challenges, uh, not only professionally, but certainly personally as well. So, uh, it's just, a, yeah, and, and, this is, and I, you know, this is where I geek out and put the science behind it. Cause when we were doing, 
all the heart rate variability calculations and measurements and actually, you know, running programs where we were collecting active heart rate variability data on people for eight, 10 hours a day, 30 days at a time during operations, during training evolutions, during, you know, all kinds of cycles, you know, I, listen, data doesn't lie. I know when you're dragging the bottom, I know when you're out of sorts. And, you know, I think what we, what we forget sometimes is like drew to your point, you know, just all day, even if I don't run a major incident, even if I don't, you know, have to chase somebody down or have to engage, or, you know, even if there's nothing there, the fact of the matter is I am in the environment. Therefore, there is a kind of chronic stress state. There is a persistent stress state, a readiness state that I put myself in that I've got to, you know, be ready for whatever might happen that has a, that takes its toll. I mean, so that's why, you know, that's why when I really looked at the segment of it, it is how do I do it in action? when shit's on and I'm rocking and rolling. And then how do I actually be disciplined enough to plan for my periods in time, my transition moments, my day in and day out stuff, you know, and Andy Clark this week just gave us really great, some real practical exercises on triggering the big. All right, quick pause, because this episode is brought to you in part by Chief Miller Apparel. Listen, pop over to Instagram and check out Chief Miller. You can find him at Chief underscore Miller underscore on Instagram. Thanks for sponsoring us, Chief. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. I don't know where I'm going to let where I left off, but I'm going to just kind of start picking back up here. So, all right, variability stuff. Conversation this week with Andy Clark. Absolutely phenomenal. She gave us some real strong lessons on and talked about how we have to train our our parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system to actually engage and so you know understanding that the vagal nerve connects brain heart gut and runs this background process is where i love to geek out on all this stuff you know there's actually scientific evidence now that says for a lot of us that are in this chronic exposure to stress so in you know high stress environments for a persistent period of time we actually almost lose the ability to trigger our vagal nerve. So we lose the ability, our systems won't trigger on rest and digest, rest and restore. We actually have to be actively engaged in it. So I've been on this, you know, new method of trying to teach my system to restore. And, you know, it shows in the data, heart rate variability rises, you know, relaxation rises. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, the uh, one thing, I, I don't have the studies in front of me, but the one thing they're just talking about is this idea of REM and sleep and uh, being able to get yourself into a true REM uh, application of sleep. And that's where in law enforcement, we're seeing the breakdown. Uh, like you mentioned, we're always in an arena where you're elevated because you don't know what's out there. You always got to be on your game. It's not just driving around the car, or walking a beat, uh, or just contacting somebody on the street could turn into your worst nightmare and you end up in a fight for your life. So cops are elevated as it is. Then we try to if we don't recover, we don't go home and prepare how we're going to plan our day or evening with our families and how we're actually going to plan our sleep, let alone the graveyard shift aspect, swing shift aspect, where you're getting three, four hours of sleep on the regular. If we're not actually diving into that rim, we're damaging our body. And so I think that's where the studies now, and I'm just starting to read these. You, Jeff, you might know more on that, is just how our bodies will uh, be susceptible to danger in those areas and long-term ramifications of not getting proper sleep, nutrition, and planning. So I listened to one of the podcasts earlier where I talked about actually scheduling time. I know you referenced that, schedule time throughout your day to actually recover, whether it's the 
one or two minutes here or there, or your five, 10, 15 minute windows you have. Uh, I ironically listened to that and I just started doing that yesterday, just trying to figure out if I can build that even into my busy schedule and you have to make a conscious effort and it's discipline. I think that's the key word in all of it is just discipline. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you know, I, I, would so, only... I was just going to say it's a foreign, it is a very foreign thing to do for a lot of us. That's all I was going to say. So it, it does take discipline. It does take some effort. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I think it briefs well. Okay. So we, you know, <laughs> we've been talking about this, you know, sleep and the importance of sleep and, and everybody briefs it in, in these high stress, unpredictable professions uh, about the importance. But, but, you know, the problem is to a young you know, let's call him or her a 20 something year old young man or woman. Um, they are surviving on a lack of sleep. Um, and then in the military, I'm going to tell you, we do a horrible job. We, we preach it. Okay. Again, so it briefs well. Um, but then we go to a, a combat training center rotation, either out at the joint readiness training center or the national training center. And I watch organizations work 22 hours a day or people, individuals working. I mean, yeah. so it's disgusting. So we're, we're, you know, we're not living what we're preaching. So I, you know, and I don't know what the solution is to it. Um, but I, I just think it's easier said than done. I completely agree with that. I love that. I love the It briefs well. I think that may have to be the theme of this episode. It briefs really well because <laughs> it does. I mean, but that's that's why I like these Friday episodes because it's like let's call let's call bullshit bullshit or let's talk about how it actually happens. I mean, I think, I, you know, one we live we we have to accept that we operate in environments and conditions that we do not have the same advantages of nine to fivers and regular people. We just don't, we're going to be sleep deprived. We're, we're going to not sleep for just, you know, I, I, what I don't like is the fact that it breathes well, because then it's like placating something, but we're not doing anything about it. Let's call it what it is. Your ass is going to be up for the next 24 to 36 hours because you're on mission cycle and you're running ops and that's just what it's going to be. But, understandably what I'm going to do is craft something pre and post of that, right. To support it. So let's, let's talk about real life in my opinion and, you know, extended shifts. And, and actually on the episode with Andy, she talked about uh, her husband, who's a law enforcement officer up there in Canada. They had a big event and he, you know, they were able to pre-plan it all, build the nutrition cycles in, build the other supplemental support in because they knew he was going to be awake for extended periods of time, on duty for extended periods of time, completely exhausted. So the question really comes to me, being recoverable is a personal responsibility. And, you know, yeah, I, I sleep studies are phenomenal. The fact that we're all jacked up. I mean, I can't, I didn't get sleep till like 4.30 this morning. Why? I don't know. Because I just couldn't sleep and then it compounds. So, I mean, we all have shit that we've got to deal with and chris to your point i don't know whether in these worlds we're ever going to answer the hey you're going to get a normal sleep cycle deal you're not you know sorry hate to break it to you but then what are the other areas we need to account for and you know how do i give my people time yeah jeff but I, i'm not sure that that shouldn't be the goal though so yeah i i agree with you somewhat that it's an individual responsibility meaning nobody's 
tucking you into bed at night. You know, I used to laugh. Of course you did. You used to, yeah, man. Yeah, you back in the yeah, day, you yeah. tuck us into bed. You'd come around yeah, and tucked, with yeah. your... So we tucked you into bed. But uh, I, I think organizations have to be smart um, in regards to, you know, e- even like a 12-hour, 12-on, 12-off cycle. I mean, if you just do the simple math on that, you're you're assuming risk because it really isn't going to happen. I mean, depending upon what the the duty description is, I think organizations can in fact build it in. Now, life is about choices, right? Now, if the individual decides that he or she isn't going to, you know, sleep those recommended, you know, eight, seven, six, whatever hours a night, yeah. hey man, that, that's on them. But we all know that if we preach it. Um, you know, people do it. Now, I'll leave you with this thought. I, I've been on medication for sleep for 12 years. I just wasn't sleeping, could not sleep. I've had sleep studies, sleep docs, sleep everything look at me, and they figured out the only way to put CKG down was to friggin' throw some medication my way. So I'm not saying that's the right answer. I, I'm simply saying that you know, sleep is something we all need. And it got to the point where for me, I was becoming ineffective as the senior enlisted dude at CENTCOM because of sleep or a lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it, it takes its toll. And, and Chris, I don't know what the, what the answer is uh, when it comes to that stuff day in and day out. I mean, it is, it's i think that's a challenge that we're going to kind of consistently and persistently deal with you know for a long period of time drew i mean how's that how's that playing out with your people i mean you watch your people every day yeah i think uh to chris's point i think that that absolutely should be our goal the the reality of the game is that we suck at it and i think it's just uh how do we keep that in the forefront how do we keep conversations like this occurring and and keeping it in our staff's mind you know speaking to it from a staff level perspective, I and mean, we are concerned about our people, whether it's day-to-day operations or even in the, in the attack arena to make sure we have on-off periods. However, it's kind of like fitness, fitness and law enforcement. We all know when we raise our hand, you know, this is what we got ourselves into. We have to be physically fit to defend ourselves and others. And you see the slippery slope that happens over time. Um, the same yeah. things is going operationally, the same thing is going within the family commitment. And you say, whether we're on a eight, 10, 12, um, those aren't guarantees. And I think that's the issue is, uh, we don't just get to check in, check out when the bell rings. There's always something there that's going to keep us going. And then I think, yeah. honestly, the, the truth of the matter is the more <clears throat> invested we are in our, maybe our own personal conquest we're trying to get to is the higher you achieve, the more responsibilities you take on. The assumption is you're going to work the amount of hours that's required to get that done. So whether you're putting in 50, 55 hour work weeks, that's the expectation to get it done because you're maintaining a high level within your organization or proficiency. Um, and again, it's that constant study. So you might actually be on the job for 12, but you're spending another four studying, preparing, and doing what you need to do, and then trying to cram in sleep is always the challenge. Well, not, I think that's what's getting yeah, us there. Not only that, Drew and Jeff, but, you know, this dynamics of mobile devices and staying connected. You know, nobody goes on leave anymore, right? It just uh, relegate. You know, back in the day when, you know, somebody would take leave, well, you put the second in charge guy, you know, you made him in charge. Well, that doesn't take place anymore because everybody's on a mobile device. So the mobile device is a gimmick that, you know, no longer is it really eight hours of work a day. It's now, 
hey man, as many messages that come through, the expectation is, especially if they're pointed at you as an individual, that you answer them. Not tomorrow when you get back on the clock, but right. tonight. So, you know, hey, so this whole mobile device thing, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan. Um, you know, I think information and information flow, but I'm just, I like but I'm just simply pointing out that, you know, I couldn't understand why organizations initially were a handing people blackberries and then mobile devices and saying, here you go, you know, this is on the organization. Well, certainly it is because you don't ever stop working. Even when you leave the office, you know, you're not working eight hours a day. That's a joke. I know you are tethered permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where, you know, we try to, we try to implement some rules. I mean, my wife is like, she hates, 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 hates technology and it hates her back. But I mean, it's like, shut the phone down. Don't even sleep with it in the room. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's, and those are some of the practices we tried to implement and, you know, much to my resistance as I will clearly own, uh, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But Chris, you're right. I mean, it is, it, it you are a 24 7, 365 person if you've stepped into yeah. the fire service, military, yeah. the law enforcement community, yeah. and especially if you rise in leadership, right? If you come up the ranks, yeah. the, that's going to get worse. Your tether gets tighter and tighter and tighter because, you know, I don't need, you know, the first sergeant, I need sergeant major. Yeah. And where is he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I want him now. You know, Drew, I don't want, to, I don't want to talk to your Lieutenant. I want to talk to you because I know that phone's in your pocket. So freaking call me back. Yeah. That's, and, and that, and that inter can interrupt a lot of things. And so that's why, you know, in the original podcast, when I talk about recovery periods, yeah. you know, I call, I say recovery periods, five minutes or more and five minutes, five minutes of you isolated and quiet and breathing will do a lot for you over the course of your day. I mean, five minutes is not that much time and a world of time all, you know, combined in there. And so, you know, I gave the breakdown, you know, cyclic breathing, whatever your choice is, first three minutes, the next minute, a review of whatever's been going on, just kind of a mental look back. And then the last minute is a look forward. What condition do you need to be in and put yourself there? And my recommendation, what if I take those, dude, phone shuts down. I mean, I just take the time to reboot my phone. Five minutes, the world's not going to collapse in five minutes, you know, and if it does, you'll still be there. I mean, you know, five minutes is five minutes. What do you think? Well, I think I, I can kind of speak a little bit for what I do day to day, just on the average is I happen to work in a uh, very unique location to where I have the right outside my office is this amazing creek and river. And so kind of how I've always naturally done it, not knowing what I'm doing, but is just stepping out of the office, disengaging and walking or standing by the creek bed, right? Time to reset before I go into either a staff meeting or before I go into the next project that's looming for me to go through that. That and or the drive, you know, what I found years ago is just turning the radio off and just driving. Like not even listening to music, not even doing that, just you alone or your thoughts to be able to process and just drive. Uh, so I do that a lot, I disengage from there. Unfortunately for me, I'm constantly on call. I'm on call for a tier one team. I got to be responding as, as anybody, most of us do in this field. So I can't necessarily shut off the phone, but I try to do everything I can to make sure that it's limited. I suck, fellas. I'll tell you right now, I get hounded by my wife uh, and my kids call me out on it. And I totally missed full-blown conversations because I'm zoomed into work or zoomed into social media. It's like crack cocaine. Sometimes you can't put it down, right? In that aspect. So uh, I think you're hitting on a lot of topics there. 
uh, especially you know the generational differences and the expectations of work versus what the new workforce is expecting. Uh, there is a lot of dynamic here. I think you just got to stay honed in on and individually. What works for me may not work for you. You just got to find those successful solutions that are there. Then it bleeds into yeah. combat. Then it bleeds into gunfights. Then it bleeds into all those things that are out there. How do you handle that stress? Yeah, Drew, that, those are great points. The only thing I would add is, um, and certainly Jeff, you provided techniques, and I I didn't hear those techniques, but there's a there's a lot of applications as well, meaning mobile applications to to do some of this breathing um, and exercises and to provide the environment. So. I got it. You yeah. turn it off if you don't. If you don't turn the mobile device off, go to an application, man. They're out there that uh, you know. It's it's part of the techniques that I use is uh, because I go through them as well. Some things that they taught me at Bethesda Walter Reed. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're done easily without a person and without me really remembering what the hell I'm supposed to do when I'm breathing. Uh, these things kind of guide you through with a soothing voice. So. Anyway, just yeah, actually, next week we launch with uh, one of our new sponsors, uh, Elliot Rowe from Prime Mind, from the Prime Mind app. You know, Elliot was on the podcast. I've personally done some work with Elliot. Elliot's one of the top hypnotherapists in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the guy works with all the poker pros, all the UFC fighters. I mean, this is the guy that will get the shit out of your way and put you in the game fast and furious. Wow. Um, and I use his app repeatedly. Because he's got great little five-minute segments, you know, lead you into sleep, uh, pre-workout stuff. Uh, he's got it all broken in, and it doesn't take that long. He walks you right through that specific, you know, meditation, uh, self-hypnosis process, whatever it is, you know. So, uh, and, and it's phenomenal. Uh, and I reached out to him and said, hey, listen, I really want to start spotlighting the app because, Chris, you're dead, you're dead on. You know, it's it's hard to until you begin to understand what it is and drew i'm i'm up i the kids hate it because there's no music in the car like i don't turn the radio on the car ever i'll drive 10 hours and and nothing uh, but uh but you know you until you build a discipline around it until you build your own process around it chris i you're spot on man you you got to have the support that you need in order to do the action the action is being recoverable right and and yeah. so whatever that looks like, you know, hell, YouTube stuff. I mean, there's plenty of things out there. Um, and Lord knows I've explored a lot of them in the willy-nilly, you know, free-floating, <laughs> you know, hippy-dippy state, you know, living through San Diego. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that is that the critical aspect here is, one, recognizing that that if I don't pause throughout the course of my day and have it be a persistent thing, I'm going to overrun my headlights. I'm going to get exhausted. Chris, you can attest to it. Drew, you can attest to it. I can, I lay out plenty of stories where, you know, it's a ranger, stop talking to the tree. You know what I mean? Come over here. Cause I'm so exhausted. I don't even know what's in front of me anymore. If I don't exist as recoverable, it is a chain of events that I don't want to have happen. It's, it's funny. It's like, it's counterintuitive. We have this idea that we have to constantly be on and doing this and making these decisions and running these calls and doing this and doing that. And so we just, we just go. And then like you said, Chris, you hit a wall and you become combat ineffective. You become completely ineffective in your decision-making and your awareness. You can't see what you, what's in front of you. Uh, so yeah, if we're not taking care of ourselves and that's what Chris to go back, that's what I mean by the individual responsibility around it. You know, I know oh, me, so I've got to, 
I've got to set myself up for success in regardless of con the conditions around me. Uh, you know, I have to know what I need to do in order to perform at the top of my game and be willing to communicate that out. And so, yeah. And then as a leader, Chris, you know, like you nailed and drew, you nailed too, you know, you gotta be the example and you gotta almost force your people at times to, to be recoverable, to in integrate it in that their cycles. So listen, I want to wrap this conversation up. So I'm going to give uh, last thoughts, Chris, we'll start with you, Drew, you'll close this out and finish it out if that works. Uh, so Chris, give me your final thoughts on this stuff. Go for it. Talk to Yeah. Well, uh, training, education, and experience. So as we sit here and we, we talk about young men and women needing to understand the importance of, uh, recoverable points and periods, that's only going to happen if we take the time, we meaning the senior kind of folks out there or the more experienced, as I shall say, uh, individuals take the time to explain the importance. Certainly, you know, they can read it in the textbook, they can, you know, some of the training, but, you know, unless we continue to drive this point home and then set the example for those that we work with and work around, uh, we're just going to keep having these discussions with uh, very little, uh, if any, uh, actions being taken by those below us. So I, I would just encourage this conversation to continue to happen. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jeff. And I appreciate your insight stream. Thank you. Yeah, Chris, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I think it's a, it is a persistent conversation that we have to keep going. And so, and, you know, we could probably talk for us a day about <laughs> all the places we screwed it up. So, all right, Drew, turn it over to you, man. Take us out. What do you got? Yeah, I think we've hit on uh, multiple topics there. I think that self-awareness, being humble, willing to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself and uh, try to find the resources. Like we said, it's that constant education. And I think if you acknowledge it on the front end, uh, when the shit hits the fan, so to speak, and we're in a gunfight or a fight for our lives, that stuff will naturally take over for you and have a preparation for that. So those things have bled into my success. You're absolutely right, senior management. We have to set the example. We have to keep it in front of the headlights uh, constantly so that our young folks coming up understand what's ahead of them uh, so that they can lead the way in the future here. My hope is that even just by these conversations, we're setting up at least one individual out there for success, if not a handful of others, so that they are successful, longevity in their career, uh, and they get everything they can out of this, both personally and professionally. So truly, I'm honored, you guys. Thank you very much for your service. Thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Chris. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for everything you do, Chris. I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to come on and join us today. Great conversation. We're going to continue it because this to me is a, this will actually come up, I don't know, about 500 more times throughout the course of this podcast because it's such an important topic and it bleeds into so many other areas. So again, thanks for listening. If you just were picking up the podcast today and figured, hey, let me pop in and see what this Friday episode is and you didn't catch Monday, Monday's episode, the teach session on recoverable, on being recoverable or the session on Wednesday with Andy Clark, uh, hop back in. There's a lot of goodness to it. And you can always check out the show notes at hotmindset.com backslash mindset radio. Thanks for listening. And we're out for today. All right. That wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much again for giving me your time and attention. I greatly appreciate it. Listen, if you got something from today's episode, if you heard one little piece that can benefit you or benefit those around you, 
Do me a favor, do yourself a favor, do somebody else a favor, and share this episode out. Introduce them to Mindset Radio. Bring them into the fold, get them listening, get them learning, and get them performing at a whole new level. Don't forget, swing by and check us out. You can follow us on Instagram at Mindset Radio. I'm personally at Mindset 06 Actual. If you want to follow me, head on over to Facebook, facebook.com backslash Mindset Radio, and hop into our Mindset Radio group. We're going to start having a little bit more deeper conversation, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some extra talks while we're there, and really enjoy it. Last but not least, two quick requests. Subscribe to the podcast and do me a favor, rate and review us. Now, see, the review part is pretty important because people look through, right? People want to look and see whether or not this is worth listening to. If you think it is, do me a favor, write us a note. So, listen, we're out for this Monday. We're back Wednesday with a phenomenal guest, Mike Trot. It's going to be a good episode. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're listening. Be safe out there. Thanks again.